Hello and welcome to Applies Job Bytes. We're a podcast that covers jobs, job searching, the job application process, career growth and development, and almost everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Apply.io, the free browser extension that helps you apply to jobs with a single click and writes really good cover letters for you using AI. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Applies Job Bites. I'm Jean, your host, and with me on the show today is Greg Johnson. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you, John, for having me, and I'm excited to be here. Delighted to have you. And you know, Greg, you've had a, a remarkable career of your own. Uh, very interesting to see how you've, you've held various positions, managerial roles, cross-departmental functions, international organizations, working in the field of career development as an executive coach, as someone kind of knows all things careers. Um, I want to kick off by asking you about personal branding. Now, a lot of people have probably come to hear and read over the last few years about how important that is, but it seems that the majority of people still struggle to figure out what they want their personal brand to be, so to kind of position it right, and then to build and establish it. What what are you seeing, and, and what do you typically advise people in terms of where should someone even start? Well, that's a very true statement that a lot of people struggle with it. I run into a lot of people and they say, well, I'm not a brand, I'm a person. And I say, well, yes, that's very true. You are a person, but you have a brand, which is your reputation. And one of the things that I always like to stress with people is that your key to your next position, your next promotion, if you're working, your next business opportunity is not necessarily what you know or not even who you know, but rather who knows you and what's their perception of you as a thought leader, a subject matter expert, someone that brings value to an organization. And all of that is, in reality, what are the efforts of your personal branding? And I talk to a lot of professionals, even people that are in marketing, And marketing people have the difficult time branding themselves. They can brand a product, Mm. they can brand a service, but branding themselves is so different. And so what I find is the biggest challenge that people, especially in transition, they brand themselves as job seekers, not as thought leaders, not as experts, not as problem solvers within their arena. And that's where a lot of it starts. So for someone that's, that's currently kind of stuck in that rut and you kind of see making the, the age-old mistake, they're positioning themselves like everyone else, I'm someone who's unemployed right now or employed but not happy and so I'm, I'm a job seeker. Is there an exercise or a framework with which they should begin thinking about, well, what is my brand? What are my keywords? What are... Absolutely. And one of the things that really got me started on this uh, area of why do you do what you do? And a lot of people don't think about why they do what they do. Uh, There is a great TED talk uh, with someone by the name of Simon Sinek, who says, start with why. And the very successful organizations, their why is very, very apparent. If you look at Apple versus any of the other PCs, people don't buy an Apple on accident. They buy an Apple because they want an Apple. Whereas if I'm a PC user, I might buy an HP. I might buy a Dell. I'm going to buy whatever is cheapest with the assets that I need at the store that I'm buying. 
which is how a lot of uh, recruiters look for employees. And so are you branding yourself as a commodity that's going to be burned and consumed? Or are you uh, branding yourself as a thought leader that's going to be thought of as someone that's going to be continuously contributing value to that organization? And so understanding your why, why do you do what you do, but also what are the organizations you want to work for and why do you want to work for those organizations? I think digging down deep and understanding your why is a critical part of beginning to understand what is your personal brand. Right. And one of the things that strikes me that many people may face as a challenge in in kind of undertaking this exercise, I would actually probably put myself in this basket, is that when I start thinking, okay, who is Jean and what kind of skills or expertise would I start zoning in on to talk Mm -hmm. about my personal brand? I see myself very much as a generalist Mm -hmm. within within the sphere of like general business, I can probably narrow down and say there's four or five areas or sort of things which I'm much better at. I wouldn't be saying accountant and do something, you know, spe- uh, like a specialized function. But I, I see many people who've maybe worked 10 or 15 years and do a bunch of things kind of establish that track record as a bit of a generalist. Absolutely. And, and then the challenge with that though, from a personal branding perspective is that you're, you just kind of, too lukewarm. And that's why your why is so important. Because when a company brings you in for an interview, they want to know what you can do for them. And part of that is why do you want to do it? So if I have a thriving desire to work for an organization because I believe in what they do, if I'm a generalist, I can do a number of different things. But one of the things that I like to ask people is, Are you emotionally invested in the success of your company? A lot of us are invested to the degree that, well, if the company goes under, I lose a salary and I don't want that to happen. But just are you such a believer in the product, in the service, in what it does for the customers that you want it to succeed and the salary is icing on the cake on top of that? So if you can identify where those organizations are that you want to work and why you want to bring your skills to that organization, that really helps identify your why. And then within that, looking at what do I do when I'm doing these general things? What are some of my soft skills? What are some of my hard skills that I apply across the board? I was talking to my wife one time who is an extremely talented artist. She's a talented musician. And she says, you know, if you like music, why don't you play music? Well, if you heard me play it, you would not want to hear it. Um, I am a very bad singer. So when there are things that you are very good at that come naturally, When you're in an organization, you're doing work and you're doing things and you're frustrated by things that other people can't do, those are your natural skills that you thrive in doing. Not everyone is built the same way. So what do you do naturally that people say, hey, great job. You say, well, I just did this. It's real simple. Those are the things that you should hone in on. What comes naturally? I used to be a swim instructor, swim coach, and so... When I first started that, I've been swimming since I was in diapers. And 
So when I first started trying to teach people, how do you do the crawl? How do you breathe? I had to stop and think about what do I do when I breathe when I never thought about it my entire life. I just did it. And so the things that you do that you don't even think about, you want to stop and think about how do you do it? How do you succeed with those? And why are you good at that? And those are things that you can sell. It's, it's so great that you, that you pick on that particular sort of example or, or, or kind of phenomena, because I think we all fall into this trap of not really stopping to acknowledge that those are like our superpowers. We take it for granted, yeah. right? Like, absolutely. Oh, that. that must be, and I find that easy. Probably everyone finds that easy. We assume everyone finds it easy. We take a lot of our skills for granted. What comes naturally, we think, well, of course, everyone can do that. Not necessarily. You know, what LeBron James can do automatically, not a lot of other people can do automatically. Right. Now, uh, we had also spoken, Greg, about something else that kind of happens amidst this process. And when, you know, people are thinking about their personal branding, career seeking, and they end up speaking to employers, which is that you can kind of over talk or you can kind of talk yourself out of opportunities. As well, yes. Right? And, you know, the thing is, we all know our career. We know what we've done. But in the process of doing these things, there's oftentimes challenges that we've had to go through. There's things that, and we get stuck in the minute details. So when we start talking about what we did, we end up giving a lot of irrelevant information that is not pertinent to what the person needs. So one of the things that I really stress is, when you go through the process of understanding what it is you do and how you do it, identify what are the successes that you've had and then put together a script, not that you memorize it and sound robotic, but you take the time to think through how you did it. So you own it in your head. And then when you get to an interview, you're able to talk about that in a concise and precise way. And if we don't practice saying things in a precise way, we will often throw in words that devalue what it is we're trying to get across as a message. I kind of do this. I sort of did that. I've had people say, well, what you're talking about here doesn't intimidate me. Okay, well, why would I be using the word intimidate? That's going to throw out an immediate red flag. Whereas if you say, this is a kind of opportunity where I thrive. I love what you're talking about here. I'm excited to do this. You, you don't use double negatives to talk mm -hmm. about how mm -hmm. you can succeed. But a lot of us do use those double negatives. It may lead the, the interviewer or, or whoever it is that you're speaking to, to start to wonder, why would you even suggest like we're not absolutely intimidating anyone like that's absolutely not, that's not even like what where are you coming from what is why is that even why is that even popping into your head absolutely it, it raises red flags so the, your language needs to be precise it needs to be well thought out and the way that i look at it is practicing for interviews and articulating your story is 
you know, just like when you're practicing for athletics, if you're a basketball player and you don't practice free throws, when you go into the game and the game is on the line, you're going to throw a brick or an air ball and not win the game. You can't afford to do that in an interview. So practice your interviews, practice your stories. And when I say practice, practice on a daily basis so that you own it. And when then when you talk about it, it flows and comes out so naturally. What I've personally found on that front is the first time that I try to articulate a thought, an idea, a memory, a story, it, it's usually pretty janky, right? I'm telling mm. them why I'm coming out with it for the first time. But the second time, you're right, is infinitely better, right? You get a 30, 40% sort of improvement on the first run just by having at least vocalized it the first time. And Absolutely. The third time, like, you know, it's amazing to me that people would, you know, maybe rock up to an interview and say things for the first time in that context that they hadn't prepared for. You said something that's really important there. You said vocalized. In practicing your interviews, a lot of people read and practice inside their head. Yeah. The problem is they're not vocalizing it. Studies show that the more you say things out loud, the easier it is to remember it because our brain catches it. We're, we're not only reading it, we're not only imagining it in our head, but our voice is actually speaking it, and therefore our ears are also hearing it. So it's hitting more of our senses, and it allows us to take ownership. So daily vocalization of what it is you're practicing is critical to owning and going through that method rather than trying to internally memorize where we end up sounding very stiff and stilted, it's, you know, it can be embarrassing. You know, I don't want to sound weird just saying these things. My family's going to think I've lost my mind. Uh, but the practice of actually vocalizing it is yeah. really, really important. You could, you could practice when you're taking the dog for a walk or something. Absolutely. Right? There are workarounds. Yes. Greg, it's been uh, amazing having you on the show. A lot of really actionable advice and takeaways for our listeners. So I want to thank you again for coming on. And what is the best way for anyone to, to get in touch with you? Well, it's very easy. The name of my organization is called Above the Rim Executive Coaching. So you can reach me at greg, G-R-E-G, -E at abovetherim.us. It's very, very easy. My website is abovetherim.us. Awesome. Well, Greg, thanks again. And for everyone who's listened, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you very much. I appreciated uh, being invited on here, John. Thanks, Greg. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. For any feedback, requests, or suggestions of things that we should include on upcoming shows, please drop us a line at contact at apply.io. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, I'm the fish, never write a cover letter again. 